Welcome back to another episode of The Escape. As always, today's episode is brought to you by Allworth Financial, uncompromised wealth management. When there's more interest in doing what's right for you, not what's best for us, that's uncompromised wealth management. Your financial future deserves better. Talk with a financial expert today at www.allworthfinancial.com. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode. Changing it up a little bit. We got a couple segments that we want to introduce before we have our guest on today. So I'm going to kick it over to 12 uh, for the weekly rundown to get us kicked off. Yeah, boys and girls, welcome to the rundown here. We're going to be giving you just a little bit sports update. You know, this is technically a sports podcast. Just going to give you a little bit of a rundown on kind of what we see as the highlights in the sports world from week to week here. So first thing we got up, obviously big baseball family here. We had opening weekend of college baseball this past weekend. Exciting time. Weather's finally breaking. Um, I've actually seen the sun for the first couple times this year in Cincinnati, it seems like. Um, I'll be honest, it's it's been a tough week for me. This is my first opening day that I haven't experienced here in the last couple of years. And outside of the COVID year, I know, John, you can probably relate to this first opening day or, you know, not being on a baseball field that weekend, probably in like 10 years for me, it's probably like five or six for you. So um, been a little bit of a tough week, but excited to see, you know, some former players that I've coached, some guys that we know, some friends out there doing their thing. Um, it's been been fun to watch for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, five or six or probably four or five years for a college opening day. But as far as looking forward to an opening day, a first game, it's I mean, it's been the first time and probably tw- closer to 20 years for me not having it. So it's definitely a little weird. I know I was texting you, uh, got a workout in Friday morning, just listening to our BP playlist from last year just to uh, feel something a little bit, feel like I was getting ready for something. But uh, no, I will say it was um, – Definitely nice, you know, college baseball schedules all run together. So it was nice to actually be able to sit there on the couch and move from game to game and actually watch some of my buddies and some different guys play. So that was definitely fun. Who did you guys watch? Who did you think looked good? Anybody stand out as far as teams you think they can make some noise this year? I spent a lot of time watching the baseball at the beach tournament down at my alma mater, Coastal Carolina. Um, that was a that was a really fun weekend of baseball to watch. I thought Honestly, Duke, Indiana, Coastal all looked very, very good. Duke actually ended up sweeping that weekend. Um, George Mason was in there too, I believe. They struggled a bit. But all three of those teams, um, Duke, Indiana, and Coastal, all looked very strong. I'm actually getting ready to fly down to Myrtle Beach tomorrow um, to catch this next round robin here down at Coastal. So excited to get back down there and visit. But no, I mean, those teams look very strong. Obviously, very impressive start by Duke to uh, rip off three wins in Conway. Hurt me a little bit after seeing him knock knock my uh, Coastal Carolina Shauna Clears out of the regional last year. Yeah, I I watched that um, little tournament down there as well. I thought Duke looked really good. Um, I think they're going to be a sleeper this year to uh, make some noise and possibly get to Omaha. Thought Coastal and Indiana looked really good as well. Um, Watched my Bearcats a little bit. Uh, They only got two games in, third one canceled due to weather. Um, I think there's some stuff in there. You know, it's always tough for uh, some of those teams to go down and play a Florida team who's been outside a ton. Um, Another team I watched a lot was the Kentucky Wildcats. 
my roommates yes. from last year, Ryan Nicholson. Um, I think I think that's going to be a really good squad moving forward. Um, just top to bottom, they do a lot of different things throughout their lineup. Um, I mean, they can they can run, they can hit for contact, hit for power, and I think uh, we'll see how the pitching comes along. They did pretty well this past weekend, so I think they're going to be another fun team to watch. Yeah, John, I actually watched their full game last night against the Moorhead yeah. State Eagles. My good friend Brady Ward, shout out Brady Ward. This is his first season as the head coach leading the Eagles. Um, escaped, almost getting knocked off by the Eagles last night. Uh, Ron Bob had that big bases loaded, um, clearing double there in the eighth inning to kind of bust it open um, when the wheels were kind of falling off the Eagles a little bit. So, yeah, you know, always pumped to see people you know, guys you coach do well. Um, so it's definitely been fun to follow the the Bearcats, Ron Baum down at UK, and you know a couple other guys we know around the country. Joe Powell um, getting the start down at Mississippi State. That, that's cool. He's got a cool story the way he's gotten there. So no, I think we're all still very connected in the the college baseball world. So um, definitely something that that we follow pretty closely as a family. And you know, shout out to ESPN Plus now broadcasting all the games. I know that's really filling our dad's week. Um, he is just glued to the couch watching any and every college baseball game you could possibly imagine right now. Yeah. No, it sounds like we all watched kind of the same games. I, I watched that Conway, whatever. What, what do you call that 12? Just a, it's just baseball at the beach, man. I mean, okay. it, it's, I watched baseball awesome. at the beach. I agree with your guys take on coastal Indiana and Duke. Um, and I watched Kentucky as well. I want to give a shout out to Ryan Nicholson. I think he is an absolute vibe watching play Kentucky over at first base. I, yeah. I love that. I'm going to be tuning into a lot of games, and I think that squad is pretty good as well. So I'm excited. I'm planning on following them a good amount this year. The only game that I watched that you guys didn't mention was this was probably one of the bigger stories in college baseball this opening weekend. Washington at the Long Beach State Dirtbags. This game went to 17 innings and got called because of curfew. I actually had a bet going on this game that got waived. I was on Long Beach Moneyline. Um, yeah, but that was, this was a fun game to watch. There was all types of opportunities in, in the game for one team to win it, and they couldn't do it. And then finally, after 17 innings, um, it got called because of curfew. I did not hear that. So they never actually finished the game. Sunday night. Yeah. Got to get back for class. Yeah, that's the beauty wow. of college baseball. It's awesome. I mean, I can remember tw 12. We definitely had a couple games on Sundays, whether it was a doubleheader or we had one game that maybe got moved back a little bit because of rain. But I remember, like, we cut it close a couple times. We never had issues, but it was like, hey, if this one goes into extras, like, we only got one inning play, like one or two, and then we got to leave. Yeah, typically you have a drop dead time, especially when there's flights involved. Um, I would imagine there probably was no flight here involved because there's no way that they they would have made that. But yeah, I mean, hell, can you imagine how much Nags would have been freaking out if we would have <laughs> played 17 innings on a Sunday? Yeah, he definitely uh, definitely would have been struggling in the back of the dugout. He would have been freaking out. So let's move into the NBA All-Star Weekend another highlight of uh this past week in sports uh, i got to watch bits and pieces of it um one of the things i think stuck out to me uh was probably the three-point contest it's always fun to watch i mean how it looks it, it looks easy those guys all make it look easy until you go out there and start shooting threes yourself and see how ridiculous that actually is but um 
Steph Curry against um, it's going to sound bad, but the the one WNBA player I, I'm not aware of her name, but damn, um, you don't care about women's sports, man. Yeah, it's messed up. All yep. right. But no, I mean, she um, she was shooting from WNBA range. He was shooting from NBA range, where I think he only won by like two two or three points. And I mean, he was absolutely on fire. So uh, they both put on a show. That was definitely fun to watch. I feel like that equivalates to like shooting from the men's tees or the ladies' tees in golf. Like, you know what I mean? I, I get it. It's a little bit different, but um, yeah, I can I mean, understand it's, it's, where it levels the playing field, I guess, somewhat. I think it does. I mean, it's, yeah. it's probably four or five feet. I don't know how long it actually is. but Well, yeah, I'll be honest. Never really been a huge NBA fan my whole life. Um, not something I've really followed heavily. I, the only time I really think I can recall really following it would be like right when LeBron broke in. Um, so, no, I did a little recap, did, did a little research here on, on the All-Star Weekend. The East actually beat the West this year. Um be completely honest, not sure if that's an upset or what normally happens or what have you. Um, I, I went through and watched just kind of the highlights on YouTube and full transparency. I only was able to make it through about four minutes of it to where I just got sick and tired of guys launching up threes, no defense being played. It seemed like every possession, it was either a dunk or some absurd three-point shot being thrown up. Um, and it was uncontested, which, you know, these guys are paid to make those shots. For all the NBA fans out there, this must be entertaining for you. For me, just doesn't just doesn't really do it too much for me. Um, The other only highlight I had was that Halliburton dude from the Pacers. He had like 32 points, and I think at one point he rained like five threes in a row. Yeah, 12. Do you have the final score from that game? I don't. It was like I think there was at least at least like 350 points scored in the game, which that's like. I watched the the Pro Bowl a couple weeks ago, the NBA All Star Game. The only bit. one that's worth watching is the MLB All Star Game anymore. If I you're agree. actually trying I to mean, watch people compete, competitiveness, and, yeah. I will. Yeah. I, well, if I'm calling bullshit though on your NBA fandom as like as a kid, we used to rip a lot of Wizards games back when Michael Jordan. Remember, he was finishing yeah. up with the Wizards. You definitely had a Michael Jordan Wizards stitched. Um, I did, but I, I feel like it was more like for me to like the, play Nerf basketball in. Like that's why was, I wore that jersey. He was also a big Dwayne Wade fan. He was yeah, a big Wade. Yeah, he he's poster, just he's not a jersey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's not remembering right now. Well, that final score, guys, it was the East two hundred and eleven, the West one hundred and eighty six, and that kind of reflects my um, input on it, where there was absolutely zero defense being played. Um, yeah, no, if you like defense, not, not your thing that you, you would want to be watching there. Um, moving over to the dunk contest though, that, that I was able to make it through the highlights of, um, Mac McClung, he got his second dunk contest championship in consecutive years. Fun fact, there's, I think it's like six or seven guys that have won this thing twice. Um, he is the first white guy to win it twice. So shout out to all you white guys out there. Um, it's actually crazy. When I was watching the highlights, I was thinking this dude was like five, nine, five, 10. He's actually six, two. So he's not that short, but it just gives you an appreciation for how big some of these dudes actually are running around out there. Yeah. It's also cool. I mean, as a G league player, they get to let him compete with anyone. I mean, obviously you could say what you want about him as a player, whether he's, 
good enough to play in the NBA or not, but I mean, he, he obviously can dunk with the best of them. So I mean, my thing is who gives a shit to me. He's like one of the coolest guys in basketball. Like, yeah, he's still never know. Everyone knows who Mac McClung is. Yeah. Strictly for the dunk contest. This is like, like every NBA all-star it's like, it's Mac McClung's time. And he doesn't have to, he's got to perform one day of the year and everyone else just leaves him alone. And he's carrying like the hopes and dreams of all white basketball players across America. Like they, any, if you're a white kid, you have Mac McClung dunking like a huge poster above your bed. You're like worshiping this, like praying, please make me like Mac. You know what I mean? Like he, you probably have his Jersey and that's what you're dunking on your nerf hoop too. Right. He is single-handedly giving white basketball players a chance. Uh, At least he's feeding those dreams. It's amazing what he's doing. I love that two years in a row he's thrown on this high school basketball jersey for the last dunk. Shout out yeah, Gate City, Virginia. Uh, Zach Irvin. Ty, you know Zach. From, yep. Uh, down at Elon Basketball. They were loves Irvin. There, so. Yeah, cool. actually yeah. jumped over Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq Daddy, um, on one of his dunks, which is pretty impressive. I mean, watch some of the highlights. Like I said, 6'2", 40 is about your height. Um, but I mean, his head is getting above the rim, which is, is very impressive. I'm not even sure what kind of vertical leap that gets you at, but, um, very impressive to watch. Nonetheless, I will say you want to watch a real dunk contest, go watch Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon in the finals from a few years ago. I mean, these dunks from this year, last year, fun to watch, but I mean, those, those rounds were unbelievable. Yeah. And I just feel like. We're getting just watching some of the dunks too. We're getting to the point where like everybody's kind of already done everything. It's right. like they're just jumping over people and taller people and trying which to do is why, with that. Which is why you need Mac McClung. Yeah, everybody's no, already right. done Places everything, but not a white guy hasn't. That's why he's so great. He's so yeah. great for the sport right now. Yeah. It's, no, you're, it's you bring what up a great the people point. need. It's what the people need. Yeah. And now moving into our next segment, the All-Worth Athlete of the Week. This week's athlete is Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2017. Um, Iconic batting stance. Um, It's probably one of the only players I've ever seen that it looks like he can take a shit and hit a home run at the same time with how low he gets down there. Great chin piece, one of the best goatees I think the game of baseball has ever seen. Um, yeah, he was actually originally, people don't know, he was drafted by the Red Sox. And then they uh, traded for Bagwell for a 37-year-old MLB pitcher. Um, Bagwell was hitting 333 with only four homers when he got traded. And then the rest was history, played all 15 years for the Astros. Um one rookie of the year, his first season with the Astros and never looked back. Had a career batting average of 297 with 449 home runs. That is uh, the most home runs in franchise history for the Astros. And another fact, he's the only first baseman in history with 400 homers and 200 stolen bases. Yeah, that was what I was going to jump in on that really jumped out to me. Like, I, I always knew Jeff Bagwell, you know, you think of him as a hitter having a hell of a chin piece, but the 200 stolen bases really jumped out to me. And I, I'm, I got to share my screen with you guys real quick here. You you type in Je, uh, Jeff Bagwell into YouTube, or I mean, sorry, into Google. And these are the first three pictures that pop up here. I mean, flow, chin piece, unbuttoned, top button shirt, 
absolute power stance as forearms. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's he was hammering the rice buckets for sure. Um, and then this one, you know, he just looks calm, cool, and collected. Again, really nice chin piece. Got a little bit more better flow. Um, it's more a little bit more well kept there, but just an all around. That's kind of what you're looking for in, I guess, for us that the athlete of the week. Yeah, the ball player. Yeah, that's a vibey ass team he was on too. That Astros team, the player that comes to mind, obviously Craig Biggio, but what about Lance Berkman? You remember that guy? Yep. Yep. He's actually um he's in my potential list for all worth all worth athletes of the week. So I don't want to get into him too much. But uh, yeah, no, I would like to see him resurface. Now, is there any way do we have Jeff Bagwell's autograph? I remember when we we went to a Padres series. We were supposed to go to one game, ended up going to all three of them. We fell in love what with series? Petco, and yeah. we were staying in the same hotel as the Houston Astros. Do you guys remember what year that would have been? That's I a great question. I know they, JP still had the bowl cut. Yeah, Trevor Hoffman I, came in and closed. It was still yeah. around that area. Jake yeah. Peavy. Um, uh, Jake Peavy was on the Padres. That had Ryan to be Giles. like that had to be like 05 or 06 probably, which was one of Bagwell's last years in the league on the Astros. I have a baseball signed by a lot of those Astros from the hotel. I'm going to have to go back and look and see if I have, because I feel like if I just keep hanging on to that, the more yeah, worth dude, that's going to get. Like, dude, you, I mean, you got Bagwell? There's going to be probably at least three Hall of Famers from that Well, team. I know for boy, sure we boy, got Craig Vigio. He might have been sure. still there. I feel like for sure we had signed it. Was Andy Pettit on the? Oh yeah, yeah. He was. Was he on? Who was he on the Padres or Stros at that time? I remember him being involved. He's okay. Yeah, that's a sick team. That's a sick team. Great athlete, John. I like it. It's time for head to head in Hollywood. Today's debate is: Who would you rather have as your quarterback, Mike Winchell of the Permian Panthers or Ronnie Bass of the T.C. Williams Titans? I'm gonna let you guys start off because I've been thinking about this one all week. I have a lot of thoughts to share, so I'll hold those and let you guys uh, start with your thoughts. John, I'm going to kick this one off to you, man. You you go ahead and lead us off here. Yeah, so initial thoughts. I mean, you got to think Ronnie Bass could definitely sling the rock better. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. His arm strength and accuracy um, was definitely better than Winchell's. I think people – thought of Winchell as more of a in modern terms game manager at times. Yeah, he's a system quarterback. He had, yeah, for yeah, sure. He, he had Booby Miles. They weren't expecting much out of him. He had Booby Miles, who was one of the best running backs in the country, I believe. At least that's what they made it seem like. Um I think when we were growing up though, he used the best running back like in the world. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Yeah. He'll he'll be he'll be mentioned in a segment in the future. But go ahead, John. Keep um, going. Yeah, but I mean, do you talk about Mike Winchell really stepping into that role of having to take over the team, not just on the field, but as a leader? Uh, I mean, he was a guy who he, he was still going through the recruiting process in his senior year, wanted to play football really bad, was talking to like some small schools. So, I mean, definitely a guy. I would say leadership and role wise, I'd probably like Mike Winchell. I mean, you never saw him smile. The dude was stone cold the whole season. Whereas Ronnie Bass, I mean, some people like he was a little fruity, a little uh, unpredicted and then the way he acted sometimes. And at the end of the day, he he couldn't make the pitch. wasn't really (laughs) confident in that. Um, Yeah. 
So that's what those are my initial thoughts. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. like to hear what you guys got. No, you bring up some good points there. I think both are battle tested. Both were put in very high stress situations. Okay. Um, you got Mike Winchell. He's he's got his golden ticket. Hand the ball to Booby. You win state. Everything's all good. And then he gets hurt. So and there's a lot of pressure. I would say that there was more pressure from the fan base of the Permian Panthers than the T.C. Williams Titans 100%. for sure. Um, but again, Ronnie Bass is the same way. He thinks he's a backup. Um, like you're saying, Johnny's having trouble making that pitch. All of a sudden, Rev goes down, and then he's he's called upon to be the guy. So that's something that I personally like about both of them is they've that we've seen them both perform in stressful situations. Okay. Another thing I love about them is they're both competitors and they're both physical. Okay. You got Ronnie Bass flipping over that DN on the rattlers. He telling Louie to let him through. I was going to say, does Mike Winchell, does he tell one of his linemen, Hey, Louie, let him through. That's Ronnie Bass. I I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, does Mike Winchell do that? Uh, He doesn't specifically do that, but he's got his, he's bloody nose. He's, running over it there mike winchell shows plenty of toughness remember right. i mean i know he doesn't score at the end but he runs through like five guys you're not you're not yeah. questioning the toughness of mike winchell but ronnie bass he does that also on the backsides george reverse that scored the touchdown to win he trucks like four guys he's like, the lead he, blocker he's the lead blocker just running over guys so yeah the toughness they both question the other thing to bring up too is um Ronnie Bass, they these guys, they played in different eras, okay? Uh, I think Mike Winchell was what? What Early, year was that? Uh, 90s. Yeah, okay, so the games probably evolved a little bit more because um, you remember in, like, the – in um, remember the Titans when they get in shotgun. He's like, shotgun, who the hell do they think they are, the New York Jets? So the Mike Winchell has probably been a little bit more – of a a scheme that we would see more now today he's probably played against way better athletes yeah i mean you talk about texas high school football against virginia high high school football and then you talk about the eras i mean that was a time when civil rights and racial stuff was still going on i mean say what you want ronnie bass never really had to throw on any african-american defensive backs which you look at the game now that's all it is so well and let's yeah, be I mean, honest. I mean, TC Williams did not have Dallas Carter on their schedule. No, they didn't. No. Um, I know they ended up losing to him in the state finals or whatever. Um, but no, I mean, that, and that kind of brings me to my point. Like, I think it's, it's tough. Like the toughness is there in both, right. Um, both execute at a high level, both lead their teams. Well, I personally, I'm more of a Mike Winchell fan, just the silent leader, go out, get after it. Um, my topic of conversation though, is more kind of the, the support staff. We already mentioned, um, you know, Booby miles, um, Ronnie Bass had PD Jones. I want to get a little into a little bit more the defense. All right. I mean, defense wins championships, right? Mike Winchell, he, he led him to the state title, but defense wins championships. He had Don Bill, Don's Billingsley, a cornerback. Um, Booby Miles, even when Booby Miles went out, he had Chris oh, Comer. Don he was Billingsley kind of a, a cornerback, bro. Fullback. No, 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 at fullback, at fullback. I'm getting oh, on the cornerback. You just said so he I played apologize. cornerback. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, All right. no, you, Billing, carry on. Billingsley, carry on. Billingsley at fullback. Chris Comer was their backup who came out of nowhere and kind of saved the season for him. Um, but at cornerback, they had, uh, what was his name? Chavez, Brian Chavo. Chavez. 
They had Safety. Ivory Christian. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then you're talking about Ronnie Bass. He's got Ryan Gosling, Allen at corner. Um, so <laughs> yeah, there's a also, little bit of, of a debate there. Like, but he played both ways. Remember Ronnie Bass I, went yes. and played corner. We never saw that out of Mike Winchell. You're so right. when you're you right. back to that topic of toughness, how many quarterbacks can you say, all right, you're going both ways. Sunshine, you're playing corner. He's making interceptions. Yeah. Again, I think we've already Sunshine. hit on it. Like the level, Sunshine. the level of competition is probably not the same, but there's a lot to love about Ronnie Bass. No, there okay. is. Well, I, I gotta bring this up since I mean it seems like you were shitting on TC Williams defense a little bit. I think you're forgetting about Gary Bertier and Julius no, Campbell yeah, at linebacker. Yeah. I mean no, I, you're right. Strong side, left side. I mean, yeah. I, I I know, I know for sure. Um I'm just, again, it, you're forgetting about that D coordinator too. Yeah, no. And I, that's what, that was going to be another thing. Uh, I, I thought that Ronnie Bass, you could probably, I mean, coach Gaines was a good coach, right? But as far as like an inspirational leader, he had coach Yokst and he had coach Boone probably in my mind um, would have fired me up a little bit more to play for. Uh, but that's just me offering. I mean, the speech that uh, coach Herman Boone Gave sunshine, you know, about he lied about how many <laughs> brothers and sisters he had. Um, make right, it a little bit yeah. more dramatic. We're, get, we're getting we're getting way off. The question is, who would you rather have yeah. as your no, you're right, Mike yeah. Winchell or Ronnie Bass? That's the question. We'll talk. Trust me, these these are legendary movies. We'll talk about the coaches. We'll talk about other characters. Yeah. But my question is, who would you rather have as your quarterback? Yeah, I'm probably going to take Mike Winchell. Um, okay. He yeah, he's my guy. Love that he's number twenty. Just kind of makes it seem like he has the capability to play both ways if you want him to. Um, kind of a very running back safety type number. And for all the reasons I mentioned, just hard-nosed, gritty. Um, yeah, I think the world kind of fell on his shoulders and Booby Miles got hurt and he stepped up and delivered. I think I'm going to agree with 12. I'm going to go with Winchell here. Um, I think he's just – he's more consistent – mentally and you kind of know what you're going to get out of him more often than not and he he shows up and he's the same guy every day and that's what i want out of my quarterback and a leader so um yeah not to say ronnie bass couldn't do it but i'm going to go with winchell on this one yeah i were we're all three in agreement on this one i'm going to go with winchell as well it was tough i, I want to go ronnie bass there's part of me that wants to pick him there's a lot to like the other thing you think about too is if it doesn't pan out at quarterback He's shown that he can make an impact on your team at different positions. Um, and you just put on that, that again, the, that backside's George reverse, and you you want that kid on your football team. But again, the question is, who would you rather have as your quarterback? I'm going with Mike Winchell of the Permian Panthers. I love it. Mike Winchell across the board. And you got you to remember, too, if it wasn't for Ray purposely missing that block, we don't even know Sunshine, Ronnie Bass. We don't even know he exists. You don't even know. Under center. I mean, it's kind of like the Brady of um, Virginia high school football. Yeah. No. Louie let him through. Louie let him through. All right, now transitioning into our next segment. This is fast food with 40. We're going to have 40 tie here. Um, try a new hot fast food item on the market every week. Uh, he's going to give us a quick review in uh, 40 seconds, and then we may discuss a little bit further afterwards. But uh, all right, 40, I'm going to put you on the clock. You ready? 
Um, I am ready. Can I at least say what I had first? Yes. Okay. Yes. This week I had Taco Bell's brand new cheesy chicken crispinata. Heard it here first. The 42nd review of the Taco Bell crispinata. You are on the clock. All right. Guys, I was very impressed with this. Um, starting first with the dough of the outside, it was very crispy, um, very crunchy. I loved it. And then inside, I'm a pretty simple guy. This didn't have any bullshit in it. It was just the chicken and the cheese. Um, didn't have to pick through any tomatoes, onions, lettuce, shit like that. So that's something I did love about it. I thought the blend of the cheese and chicken was very good. That was something I was a little worried about. Is like, am I just going to bite into a blob of cheese? Um, it is still that nacho cheese that Taco Bell has that, that you love, but it's blended very nice. My only negative side of this was it was about $3.70, $3.70, and it wasn't very big. Um, so, okay. Well, can I finish right, my thoughts? Go ahead and finish. Go ahead finish and finish. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was really the only negative side. It, it wasn't very big, and it was three seventy. If I was, like, looking for a full meal here, I probably would have needed, like, three or four of them, and that would have put me up to, like, 15 bucks, which – I think is a little bit too much, but other than that, um, I was, I was a fan. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 7.7. 7. So that's a really strong start. Um, so more of a thing. snack, more of a snack. Type. It's more of a snack. It's more Not of a, a snack. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you could add it to your Taco Bell order. Yeah, I would maybe like a couple tacos and then that or something. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't like just say I'm getting this. You'll spend way too much money and, and not get enough food. It's kind of um, like an appy. Would be good for one of you guys' bites. Yeah, dude. No, yeah. I'm telling you, it's good. Something I, else I forgot to mention is it came with a sp spicy ranch um, dressing sauce that was very good as well. So, again, I, I was high on this thing. Um, one thing I want to mention, though, all right, we're in Fit 40 era. We're no longer Fat 40. So, these are truly one-bite reviews. All right, I'm taking one bite of these things and throwing them out. We're not we're, – we're Fit 40. We're never going back to Fat 40. Um <laughs> So it's kind of like you guys remember in dodgeball when uh, White Goodman has like the nipple twisters on and he's staring at the <laughs> donut. That's yeah. kind of what this is going to be like for me every single week. I love it. It's a great mental test. You get um, the taste buds around. Get the a taste bit. buds. I did make the mistake. My plan is to eat it in the parking lot and throw it in the trash right away. <laughs> this time I didn't throw it away. So I took my bite and it was just sitting in the passenger seat and I was smelling it the whole time on the way home. I was like, shit, but I, I stayed strong. I, I stuck with the one bite. Um, so yeah, good start. Good start to this thing. If you guys have any recommendations for me, this is again, this could be a dessert, a drink, anything from a fast fit food menu item that is popular. I want to be able to help you guys out and, and be a resource to you here. Yeah, we are. Uh, we'll probably start posting some polls of what people want to see next on our Instagram account, which is uh, at the dot escape dot podcast. So, um, yeah, we'll post some polls, see what you guys as, as far as all of these segments, um, what you guys want to hear. Um, obviously, we want to put out some content that you guys want to hear. So, yeah, we'll start putting up some polls on our Instagram, have you guys interact um, to fuel these segments for the next few weeks. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's transition into our guest. We had an awesome conversation with Jaden Thompson today of Louisville football. So we'll move on over there. All right, here we go. We got Jaden Thompson on with Louisville football. Jaden, thanks for coming on today, man. Appreciate you guys for having me, man. Yeah. So what's, what's up with you now? You guys just working out or what's going on with Louisville football right now? Just doing off season workouts. We start spring balling like 
from now, so just preparing for spring ball. That's about it. Okay, and when when did you say that starts up? Uh, March, I think, 14th, like a month. Okay, good, good. Anything else going on with you um, other than football, the offseason, anything fun you're doing? Graduate in April. Hell yeah. Congratulations, yeah. Congratulations. What's your major? Criminal justice. Okay, cool. Yes, sir. Yes, cool. Sir. Any idea what you want to do with that? Um, kind of leaning towards being on the lawyer side right okay. now. Um, still trying to figure it out exactly what I want to do. I'd see you being like of... a like a Hawaii Five O detective or like something nope. like that, like NCIS. What will happen? What's um What's a harder school academically, Cincinnati or Louisville? <laughs> I no wrong Louisville. answers here. Louisville for sure. Louisville for sure. Yeah, for sure. Did you do criminal justice at Cincinnati too? Or no, I was I was interdisciplinary. Okay. Yep. Well, we'll get more um we'll get more into the transfer conversation a little bit down the road, but we want to dive in a little bit more to your upbringing and your background. So you grew up in Chicago, right? Yes, sir. What was life like for you growing up in Chicago? Um, it was pretty good, man. My family made sure they did what they could to keep me away from all the negative things in the world. Um, Chicago is a very beautiful place, though. Um, it just, you know, just like every city has its downfalls. But it was pretty fun. You know, I started playing football when I was five for Harvey Colts. Um, and then I switched teams in eighth grade to the Orland Park Pioneers. Yeah. Okay. So were you like in downtown Chicago or like a suburb or I was born in Harvey, Harvey, Illinois. Okay. Yes, sir. And how Ooh, far man. is that from the city? Um, from downtown or the city? You know, it's different. Yeah, I guess I'm not really too familiar with it's Chicago. It's not like Cincinnati, bro. Yeah. Chicago's yeah. a major it's, it's a lot yeah. bigger. <laughs> about a size. But from downtown it's probably like thirty about twenty eight, twenty eight minutes. Right on and the you're... dot. You yeah. like time that out a couple times. Yeah, I, I just had to look at remind. You know. <laughs> and you're more South Side Chicago, right? So you yes, you sir. Cubs or White Sox guy? Neither. Uh, Neither. No baseball. No bit. No no Chicago baseball. Nah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Who are your teams then? I like the Reds a little bit. I you know going to Cincy for three years kind of played a huge factor in that though. That's oh, really yeah. the only team I've ever watched though. So. What about like Bulls, Bears? Is that are those your teams? No, damn, you're not a Chicago sports guy. Yeah, no, it's hard. It's hard to cheer for him right now, man. Like (laughs) growing up, D Rose when D Rose was on the Bulls, that's when, that's when it was pretty fun. But it kind of got bad after that, man. (laughs) Bears has been bad all my life. So, (laughs) all right, so you're not not plugging any Chicago sports teams. What about pizza? What's give us some good Chicago pizza joints we need to try? Perfect, perfect. Now we're talking. We got Giordano's. I know everybody know about Giordano's. Um, I like beggars. Okay, I haven't heard this one. That one. Yeah, pretty good to me. I get the regular, but if I want to go deep dish, I go to Giordano's for sure. Now my my brother-in-law lives in Chicago, and when I went up there to visit him, we went to Pequods. Have you heard of that? Pequods. No. Yeah. What is it? Is it pizza place? Yeah, deep dish pizza, like the sauce all over the place, like very Chicago style. It was good. I don't know that Chicago style is really my style. It's a lot of uh, a lot of crust. It's deep. Yeah, it's thick. Um, but it's definitely it's good. It's different. That's true. You know, you know who has good deep dish pizza in Cincinnati? Me. Who's that? 
Mio's. Mio's. I I do love Mio's pizza. I've never tried their deep dish, so deep dish is pretty good. I try. I feel like you're the second person that I've heard that from. So good. I like Gino's East. Have you been there in Chicago? I think as far as deep dish, that's my favorite. Or once maybe okay mm. yeah I, i'm usually a find something to stick with it kind of guy i don't like searching yeah, I'm like bopping around jane diving into your background a little bit i saw you you were at marist high school right mm-hmm. and then for your senior year you transferred to naperville central is that right yes yeah, dive into that a little bit and kind of what what went into all that um originally me and my mom decided to move okay away um which is Naperville is about an hour away outside, so we decided to take that trip out there and ended up moving. I got the opportunity to play with two of my my so-called brothers, you know, who I grew up with my whole life. Um, And that kind of also helped the transition from moving because I know knowing people out there, they both transferred before I got there. Um, So it kind of made it fun. Naperville Central was a really fun place. Um, It's like showed me a lot that I didn't know about myself and about the world in general. So yeah, shout out to Naperville for sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, funny, funny coincidence. I noticed that both of those schools, the mascot right. is actually the Red Hawks. Do you yep. just have a fast and now you're yep. at Louisville. Do you have a fascination with mascot birds or what? Uh, it's been, it's been weird. Hasn't it? So you want to know the crazier <laughs> part about that is I played Naperville central my last year at Maris. Um, so it was the battle of the Red Hawks. And we played at Naperville Central and then ended up transferring, switching. I didn't switch anything but my number. I was number one at Mayors, was number two at uh, Naperville Central. So the uniform basically the same, colors, <laughs> everything. Didn't have to switch too much. Surprised you didn't end up at Miami then. No, Just right. stick with the Red Hawks. <laughs> I'm happy. I what was that, that like playing against your former team? I'm sure there's a lot of shit talking going on in that game. Oh, yeah. it was The game was electric it was crazy like um like i said my my one of my close friends was already on that team um so like our families were sitting next to each other going at it during our whole game um but that game it was it was one for sure i'll remember for the rest of my life so you were pretty pretty highly rated recruit out of high school force r i saw a number five player in illinois coming out of high school um chose cincinnati chose the bearcats got away from the the mascot of being a bird a little bit there for a while. Um, what what ended up deciding or having you make that decision to pick Cincinnati? Why'd you pick that? Um, the coaching staff there. Um, coach Mike Brown was my receiver coach there. We ended up building a really good relationship. Um, so I, I trusted him with a lot, like outside of football, just helping me grow and develop as a, as a man um, in this world. And he's played a huge factor in my life. Um, so that's he's he's the main reason I chose Cincinnati. So yeah. No, I mean when I was there, he wasn't on the staff yet, but I've heard nothing but great things about him. And Freeman just got him at Notre Dame, right? I think I saw yep, that. So. Yep. He's at ND now. He's at ND now. Hell yeah. Um, we play him too. It's crazy. Yeah, you got yeah, yeah. We got him. Beat him, right? Year. Oh yeah. We played him last year. They beat their ass. Yeah, we beat year. Notre Dame now, yeah, yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah, we'll Play him again this year at Notre Dame. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That'll be cool. got a chance to get your get your second win up there. Yeah, I need three three and over. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> yes, sir. So talk. I know you got this since then. You started. How many years were you there? Uh, three. Uh, okay. Three. Okay. Talk about that experience there, and then ultimately, I guess, what led you to make the decision to transfer? 
um, Cincinnati, I got to experience things that, um, you know, you can only dream of as a child and playing this game. Um, first year we went to the Peach Bowl, played Georgia, and ended up losing last second. Um, that was a heartbreaker. Me yeah. and we were all, all three of us were there, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were all in attendance. It, that was the weirdest feeling I've ever gotten, like being at a live sporting event. The game oh. was so good. And, you know, you see, like, you guys dominated the whole game. And then it was like the kick happened and the game was just over. And, like, yep. everybody left and it was just like, what just happened? Yeah, it was definitely shocking for sure. That was <laughs> that was a moment. Um, then next year, though, ended up playing Alabama. Um, in the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs in, in, in Texas. That was, yeah. So that's your them. that's your fre- true freshman and sophomore year. Those two seasons. Yep. Oh, First dude. two seasons, Georgia yeah. and wow. Bama. Only losses, <laughs> Georgia and Bama. Kind of yeah. sucks. You can't really. It's hard to. You got <laughs> yeah. high expectations now. Can't even be mad at that either, though. Yeah. You know? oh. like, yeah. So then, junior year, um, ended up going nine and three before I entered the portal. Um, we lost to Arkansas. UCF and Tulane. And I think that was our first home loss in like 30, 40 like 30 games yeah. or something. You guys were yeah. rolling. Yeah, so it was kind of heartbreaking for that. And then Coach Fick decided to, you know, pursue other options and went, ended up in Wisconsin and took the staff with him. Um, so that kind of led into my decision of transferring. Um, and during my portal time, I built a good relationship with my receiver coach here, uh, Garrick McGee. Um, and they were still at Purdue at the time when we were talking, like, I'm in a portal. And then they decided to come here. I'm like, I think that's the place I need to be. Um, this past season, it was kind of rough for me personally as I got injured. I had shoulder surgery in January of last year. Like, my first week in school, like, surgery right off the bat. Yeah, and, that sucks. Yeah, and then come back, pull the hammy twice. Uh, so, yeah, last year, basically just battled a lot of injuries. But I'm ready to go now. Got one more left. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. Like, what, what kind of you learned through battling through those injuries? Because I know that's something a lot of athletes experience during their, whether it's high school or college. Yeah, mm-hmm. I personally experienced, like, transferring and then dealing with injuries, so I can kind of relate to you on that. Talk about, like, what your headspace was kind of, like, going through that. Um, at first, like, so that was my first real injury, like, never been injured, like, that bad before, so I didn't know how to take it at first. I was kind of, like, scared, um, and it was kind of hard at first, really hard. But then I decided, like, I realized that, you know, it's just a part of life. It's a part of the sport. Um, you got to keep pushing. Can't let it bring you down. Um, and it just showed me a lot about myself. And, and I had to realize I can get through anything. Because, um, you know, injuries play a huge mental effect on you, especially when you just body go to work every day and you just sitting on a bike in a sling <laughs> the whole practice and you want to go catch passes. But, um, yeah, it, it showed me um, how tough I am and how, like, I'm able to get through anything for sure. Yeah, and I know that can also suck just because transferring, I mean, your initial mindset is like, all right, I got to make moves quick. Like, I got to prove myself and get on the field now. And then you get shut down right away. Like, it's really tough. Was that a smooth transition? Just, I mean, not 
not even football wise, but just being on a, at another college, being around another group of guys, how was, was that a hard transition or was it pretty smooth? You fit right in. It was pretty smooth. Um, the good thing about that was we had also had a lot of transfers coming in as well. So everyone was kind of new. Um, no one really knew each other, um, but kudos to the guys that were there already. They welcomed us in with open arms. Um, so everybody kind of got along right away, kind of clicked right away. We all started hanging out, started getting to know one another off the field. And I think that's what allowed us to perform at a high level last year because everyone was so tight and so close with one another. Um, we're just able to bond off the field and bond on the field as well. No, I think that's awesome. And it's awesome that you had that experience, um, you know, in your first year being a transfer. I mean, I had a similar experience when I transferred to Coastal Carolina. And it's nowadays with this transfer portal, man, it's almost like, in some ways it's like a new roster every year. So it's really awesome to hear. I'm sure the coaching staff there had a lot to do with it, but they, they were able to bring you guys together so quickly and kind of have help you all develop that, that uh, team chemistry and bond. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. And whatever, I mean, I know you talked, sounds like the culture is pretty good there. What else is some, you guys are doing something right with the season you had last year. I know coach Brom, what else are kind of his big culture point? Um, he just wants everyone to, to act like a pro, to be a pro. Um, I feel like he runs it kind of like the NFL. Um, like, for example, we get here last year. There's a big playbook about this thick, um, just slapped in front of everybody. And it's like, okay, you don't learn it, you won't play, which pushes everybody to, okay, I want to get on the field. We're going to have to learn this playbook. And then we um, – eventually started helping one another learn it. So like once I got it down, started helping the younger guys get it down so that everyone could know. So when I'm up, they follow the, the line and just pass it forward. Um, so Coach Brown holds everybody accountable, no matter freshman, senior, no matter what, starting quarterback. Um, and I think that plays a huge factor in everything. So no one gets to, you know, shortcut anything and things like that. Yeah, no, that's great. You kind of alluded to how much of an impact coaches have had on your life so far, and you just talked about helping younger guys. Is coaching you see possibly as something in your future too? Um, hopefully, hopefully when I'm all retired from the sport, definitely want to get into coaching now and just help the young kids, young generation achieve their goals as well and pass on my knowledge. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. What's a better atmosphere to play in, Nippert, or is it Papa John's City? Is that <laughs> – What's a better atmosphere? Papa Jays. Papa Jays. Because uh -huh. yeah, it looks like it gets pretty. I haven't. I haven't seen a game there, but it looks like it gets pretty rowdy. No, it definitely does. It definitely does. Um, I think the biggest difference. Okay, let's say the difference between the two. We hold about thirty more thousand than right. Cincinnati does, but Cincinnati holds like forty-four, right? But the I think it's like 40. 40. 40. 40 is yeah. packed though. Like yeah, in my time there, so it was kind of a lot of people, but then we played Notre Dame here at nighttime, and it's eighty. Yeah, that game was juiced. Sixty thousand just packed. Um, so that kind of, I think that kind of won it for me over Cincinnati for sure. Yeah, nip at it, night's got to be electric though. Uh, it has uh, to be. It, yeah, I mean he was all he was also playing at like a peak time of Cincinnati football oh, where like yeah. every single game was sold out. Like it yeah. was sure. Yeah, like that Houston um the AC championship game. 
Uh, but the mm-hmm. cool thing about Nippert is it's right in the middle of campus. It's kind of down. It's it's like super loud the way the sound bounces off. Um, versus Papa John's is kind of more just out in the open, right? Uh, yeah, they're spaced out. They actually changed the name too. It's called Ellen N Stadium. Oh, that's not nearly as cool. Yeah. <laughs> now we'll have to throw that um, video of you somewhere out there when you that video of you with the GoPro when everyone's the on GoPro. the field at. Uh, yeah, that, Nippert. That was you. That was kind of uh, front and center of that. Yep, that was twenty one, right? Yeah, when we beat Houston. Yep, that was um, when we like locked you guys locked in the playoff play, spot. Yep. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a time for sure. <laughs> crazy. I got a but, question now that you've been at Louisville for a little bit. I, I we <laughs> have some extended family from the area. What's uh, the correct pronunciation of that place? Is it Louisville? Is it Louisville? Or do we just go ahead and just stick with the bill? It's like all bets are off. Like that's the safe play. I like I like the third option for sure. Yeah, I, I get I get mixed up. Some days I'm saying Louisville. Some days I'm saying Louisville. But <laughs> some people from here say Louisville, and then everyone else calls it Louisville. So I'm kind of stuck in between the two. Kind of switch it up every now and then. Yeah, actually, there's a town out here in Colorado that's called. It's spelled the exact same way, and it's pronounced yeah. Louisville. Louis. So that yeah, that really pisses me off because I've, I've sometimes I hear Louisville, an L. Louisville. Sometimes there's like an extra L. It's like Louisville. Like yeah, there's, I think that's just the southern uh, a twang. accent. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sure. just makes you makes you realize like really learning spelling like through elementary school is really not that important because <laughs> half of these words you don't even pronounce them the way they're spelled. So exactly, you can't sound it out anymore, right? <laughs> so what are some of your interests outside of football when you're not uh when you're out of football what else, what do you else do you like to do um recently as of recently i've been a game head a lot i can just sit in my room all day long and play madden fortnite call of duty i just got call of duty yesterday it's kind of hard um <laughs> yeah kinda, you gotta figure those new maps out yeah that's, that's what it's all about for sure but i like gaming right now um you know, I have a dog. Her name's Dior. She's three. My best friend. Like what kind of dog? She's an XL bully. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. She's my best friend. Like she's like a little human though. It's like I have a daughter at home. <laughs> who wants to play all day and I just just got home from practice. And <laughs> her energy is through the roof, so she keeps me going. Um other than that, that's about it. Just like Spending time with my family and my friends, just hanging out. That's about it. I know you've always you've always kind of been a little bit into fashion, right? You've yeah. Always, yeah. You've always thrown some good fashion. bits around. Yeah. I was gonna bring up the fashion. Talk right? about that a little bit. Um, <laughs> I love fashion. That I feel like that it shows who you are um, by how you dress. Um, it's kind of how I grew up around Chicago. Everyone wanted to be the flyest kid. Um, so. That's, I kind of take that to heart, fashion, putting on some fits. Got to stay with some fresh kicks. Um, that's about it, for real. Yeah. No, I like. I love what you mentioned there. It's a, it's art. It's an expression of yourself. That's similar. Like, I have a tattoo sleeve, and it's the same thing. It's a, it's a way to express personality. So, uh, that's sure. cool. Sure. What are your go-to shoes? Oh, okay. So, it depends, right? So, it depends on how I'm feeling, where I'm, what I'm about to do. So give me an example. Give me an example. All right. Like you're you're going out. Okay. You're going out on a Friday night. You're going to dinner. Maybe, you know, hit up a bar after. 
What's your what's your fit? My fit for dinner. Okay, cool, perfect. Gotcha. So I run baggy baggy pants, baggy pants for sure. Um, a little like not cropped shirt, but a little smaller shirt with a oversized hoodie on. And then I got a pair of Gucci shoes that are my go-to. Right They're like tan Gucci shoes. They fit right nice with the with the baggy pants. So I throw those on quite frequently and just rock out with the day for sure. In my mind, I'm picturing like MC Hammer. Is that kind of the look yeah, you're going it's for? Kinda, it's kind of bringing it back, though. That's kind of like yeah. the style. Everyone's wearing the oversized everything. Me, but like, I just say, if I want to get up and just go shopping, right? I'm not fit to go shop. I might just throw on some sweatpants, some like New Balances, Asics. Asics are back. Everyone loves Asics and New Balances right now. And a little which hoodie. were like total like dad sho- like white dad shoes like eight years <laughs> exactly. ago. Exactly. And now <laughs> the whole world's wearing them. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of taking a turn right now. Bring it back the old fashioned for sure. <laughs> Love it. So you, I know you mentioned you guys are preparing for spring ball. What specifically are, are your goals? I mean, you can just talk about yourself personally. I know coming back from the injury, what is your main focus headed into the spring ball? Heading into spring ball. So um, my main focus was to build explosiveness explosiveness for this offseason. Um, I kind of found like I lost that a little bit last year due to injury um, and my leg strength. Um, so I've been – trying to get that back, squatting heavy, doing everything um, heavy to build strength and power in my legs so I can be faster, stronger. I can make a move and be able to excel right away in my change of direction as well. Um, so that's my key point right now. I'm comfortable in the system now, so I don't have to worry too much about the playbook. And I can perfect my craft and hopefully getting ready for this season. How do you feel like your mentality has changed? You know, this is going to be your fourth season, right? Like, do you feel what's your mind? Fifth. Okay. Yeah. What's your mind? Do you feel like you have a different mindset, I guess? than if you were to rewind five years and go into your freshman year, talk about that a little bit. Definitely. Um, you see how time, like how fast time runs, you know, like it doesn't stop. Um, and I blinked and I'm five years into college right now. Um, but definitely my mindset is more focused. I can say I'm more focused in every aspect of my life, school, football, um, preparing myself for after football because at some point it's going to come to an end. Um, so I'm just trying to prepare myself for that, you know, that aspect of being a man, being a young individual, um, trying to pursue his dreams. I love it. Well, Jaden, this has been awesome having you on. One more question before we let you go. Um, right. You've been all, through a lot through your career with the injuries, transferring different schools, even back to when you're in high school, mm-hmm. what would be the biggest advice you would give people based off your experience and the lessons that you've mm-hmm. learned? If you could go back and talk to yourself when you were 18, what would you say? I would tell myself, don't be afraid of change. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of people in this world are just stick with what they're comfortable with. Um, and sometimes you could get complacent and um, you never know that that one change, that one move you might be afraid to make could benefit you in um, in a better way. For example, um, when I transferred in high school, um, it allowed me to grow up and and mature a lot faster than what I was when I was at Maris. Um, so that kind of was like a key factor for me. And looking back now, 
I grew so much from that. Um, so yeah, that'll be the, my main point out there. Don't be afraid. I'm not saying you have to transfer high schools or <laughs> no colleges, nothing like that. Just don't be afraid to, to have change in your life um, and embrace it. And adversity is going to come. You just got to learn to stick through it. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, man. It's um, really cool to learn more about you. Um, best of luck headed into spring ball. We'll definitely be following you this season. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Also head over to shopserenityapparel.com. Uh, get you some swag. And uh, yeah, Jaden, best of luck, man. Thanks again for coming on. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys for having me. And it's all good.